Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. In these old cold months of January, our minds go to warmer thoughts in summer and dreaming and planning of our gardens and landscaping. It might seem a little bit early, but it's a real good time to start our plans and orders for seed and prepay for plants so that after the last frost somewhere around April 20th in Zone 7 of Tennessee, we'll be ready to get these things in the ground and growing. I went through my pantry of stories and thought it'd be appropriate to bring out this good show to the table that I recorded in the warm months of summer a few years back. Thankfully, some things stay true year after year, like heirloom seeds and native plants. And today, we are setting the table with the topic of native plants and perennials with Avi Askey. He is the owner of Overhill Gardens, which is located in the Cherokee Forest of Monroe County, Tennessee. This is a look into a local option besides the big box stores, lawn and garden offering with the bonus of healthier plants that are suited to our growing region, locally grown by somebody that you can meet and talk to and get really good advice from. And these plants serve an important role in the food chain. Fred Sausman at Johnson City, Tennessee, shares with us a potluck radio segment with the voice of Janet Carter and a story of her chow chow recipe. Now, Fred's wife, Jill, grew up with the Carter family in Hilton's, Virginia, and they often visited with them and swapped recipes. So that's a neat little story coming up here on the show today. We are just so happy to have your good company. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, oh, there's a, I'll show you, there's that double-flowered yellow selection. It's old, it's an old heirloom um, selection of that cut-leaf coneflower that we spoke of, the Sochin. Yeah. And it's one that a friend of mine found at an old home site, and we were able to propagate it and divide it, and now we have good crops of it. But um, th- those double-flowered selections oftentimes are not as good for wildlife because they won't 
produce maybe they're sterile or they won't produce fruit or they don't provide the the best nectary source for 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 wildlife so it's mm-hmm. something that you know should be maybe used in moderation or or just you know for um but you could still eat the greens off of the you know in in the spring it's still that is Avi Askey. Show me around his place on a pretty hot summer Tennessee day. Avi is the owner of Overhill Gardens, located in the Cherokee Forest of Monroe County, Tennessee. And this place is well worth the drive. With row after row of native trees, flowers, and shrubs, everything is blooming, butterflies everywhere. And on this day, I counted a busy crew of about seven working away. Almost his whole family works at this place, his mom, his dad, his brother, and a dedicated crew. For the past 20 years and counting, Avi and crew of Overhill Gardens have rescued, propagated, and installed native species found on roadsides, in forests, at old home sites and byways all over East Tennessee in the southeast. Now, Avi is not a big talker. He's a sort of quiet but extremely friendly fella, who lives up to the bumper sticker on the camper top of his truck that says, I'd rather be botanizing. He's not the sort that easily talks on the microphone. So on the show today, we'll start with him explaining what he does and why he does it, and then several shorts of Avi explaining just a tip of the iceberg of the over 800 species that they have available, and the history of the region where Overhill Garden is located. Now, they don't advertise with the show or anything like that. I feature them because I think that the work that they do is important to our region financially, aesthetically, but on the most important level, ecologically. The trees that you see along Foothills Parkway, for instance, are just part of the work of Overhill Gardens. They grow a large quantity of edibles, and I've listed those on my website, And Avi wanted me to be sure and let you know to be careful about wild edibles and to be certain about the identification before consuming anything. So let's start off here today with Avi and hear about why he does what he does, a few of the species that are offered, and the history of the region where Overhill Gardens is located. Um, Tell me what, about what you grow and why. Okay. Yeah, I got into propagation of native plants out of just interest in in the the local flora, getting to ID flora and seeing things in the wild that really got me kind of excited to start propagating some. So I would collect seed on hikes and, and everything came up. And, um, you know, in no time I had a pretty good, pretty good uh, selection of locally sourced natives, mostly wildflowers, perennials, uh, grasses and and such, um, but I guess the idea was to promote our great species that have this connection with all, all the wildlife of the area to try to promote the the local habitats and uh, it's a good way to get out into the woods. That's that's about all the hiking I have uh, time for anymore is <laughs> is to go collect seed or uh-huh. um, to go botanizing, try to try to find new new and interesting species that we haven't grown before but um it 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 is a wonderful way to be connected it's wonderful to have a agriculture based living from the land from our land and to uh you know to provide beauty to provide habitat to provide um, food in some cases um, 
these native species, they're just so much more interesting than your generic stuff from our big box stores that that are really not from this area. Yeah, sure. I mean, take take Paul Paul for example. You know, that's it's being touted a little more in the news than it used to. Boy, isn't it though? And it it's it's great on so many levels. Um, I'll show I'll show you some of our um, some of our trees in the yard. They provide more benefits than I can I can count. But um, so I let I let some seeds. I guess I must have eaten some pawpaws and, and spit out the seeds and years ago. And I just they sprouted up. I just let them grow. And now they're 15 foot tall trees. We get we get you know buckets of, of fruit every year. Um, they're the host, you know, pawpaws host to the zebra swallowtail, it's our state butterfly, so that's, that's required for the life cycle of, of that butterfly, right? They, they'll lay the eggs on the leaf, um, the caterpillar will consume the leaf, and they require that specific species to fulfill their life cycle. So, um, it's, it's, it's a great habitat tree. It has a, a wonderful aesthetic look, I mean... You know those droopy dark green leaf. The flowers are are amazing in their own right, mm-hmm. and uh, great great fall color. I mean, it just has a lot going for it. My my kids like to to cl- to climb climb them, uh, so that's been a satisfying uh, byproduct of letting those little seeds seeds grow. Um, and having three boys, they they're pretty rough on plants. It's one of the few species that's been able to survive their you know their the sticks and the bashing and the climbing and so it's a it's a formidable species can take sun or shade and and then plus we get this bumper crop every fall i think last year we had one tree produce 50 or 60 fruit good size four inch fruit and uh no effort so wow it's pretty pretty rewarding we'll go check it this pawpaw grove is right in your front yard. It is. It is. It's. 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 It was a happy accident, but it's just. Uh, it's been a great addition, along with this giant native red, uh, eastern red cedar. My goodness, I love how your kids' jungle gym is right at the base of this place. You you can see how they've tried to torture this thing, and yet it persists. Love that. <laughs> This is a beautiful pawpaw tree. It's just the, loaded. Yeah, it's, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. But you know, wherever I've planted pawpaws at different on different projects, I mean, I usually always plant two or two or three, and they always seem to be super productive. So wow! And this is right along a creek where you can. So this is where you spit the seeds out, and they've all come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is fantastic. yard we plant pawpaws all the time in in town mm-hmm. and or muscadine or or a hazelnut tree. if you're needing a, a little screen from your neighbors you yes. can plant hazelnut it gets 10 12 feet and is dense and you can't see through it during the growing season oh, nice. and produces a delicious nut that's easy to harvest and will crack hazelnuts all winter so nice. collect them and crack them if we can beat the squirrels to them <laughs> that's the thing but I, I really do I really do encourage encourage people to try to plant a few things in their yard one one, one species that I didn't mention was um, the the Solomon seal the giant Solomon seal it's a super easy plant to grow in the shade and so if you have a if you have a shady spot of your yard 
um, under a tree or on the north side of your house, this is a slowly colonizing native wildflower, woodland wildflower, um, that produces, you know, two to three foot tall ar arcing stems. Very beautiful ornamental plant, but it is the best asparagus substitute. It is it makes the most delicious um, spears when it first when they first sprout forth in the spring. You harvest it just like you would asparagus. Get about nine or ten inches long, and those new 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 shoots before they uh, unfurl. You just can harvest a whole mess load of them and saute them in a little butter, and they are they are just absolutely delicious. So, wow. it's a great plant if you're trying to grow a, a food bearing plant in a shady yard. Mm -hmm. You could have a colony as big as a as big as a a, a, a car and you could you know you could just harvest harvest dozens and dozens of these shoots every spring That's can them just like you would asparagus or, or or freeze them or or just eat them eat them eat them fresh but that's one of our one of our favorites that is such a neat thing i've seen uh, of course i've seen in wildflower books the the shooting seal with the bloom but i never knew that they produced a, a shoot that was edible Yep, the, the, if, if you grow the Solomon seal. Now, you have to know your species. There's a, there's a false Solomon seal, too, and, uh -huh. and uh, it looks a little similar, so you just have to mm -hmm. make sure you know what you're, what you're harvesting and what you're growing. But if you yeah. plant it in your yard, then you, you, you would be sure to know. That's right. Overhill Gardens. Tell me the um, background into the, the reason you named this place that. So where we're located geographically is just in a part of the world that was, I guess, at one point inhabited by uh, the Cherokee Nation, and these were known as the Overhill Towns right here along the Little Tennessee River. There were six, seven, eight towns um, historically that, you know, villages right along the river that were kind of the heart of this this section of the Cherokee Nation. So I think three other main sections of the of the tribe were in North Carolina, and this was coined by the um, the early explorers as the Overhill Towns, uh, west of the mountains. Um, so it really, really was a large territory throughout Tennessee and maybe down into Georgia, mm -hmm. up into Kentucky. But the main towns were located right here, just a mile away from the from our farm. Um, on the Little Tennessee River, which is, of course, now flooded. There is a memorial out there. The main capital of the nation in the 1700s was was called Choda, and that was that was. There's a memorial now. There's also memorial for the town of Tennessee, which was the namesake for our state, and it's just a less than a mile from here. So these were important towns, and uh, you know, at one point, you could probably within a couple of miles, there were probably up to 3,000 people living here. You look at it now, and you're not going to find 300 people living within five miles. It's one of the, the anomalies uh, in, our, in our country where there's you know, fewer people than when, right when the, when the Cherokee were, were in their prime. And so um, there's so much history in this area. Um, so we just felt like the name just signified the region where, where we live. And uh, mm -hmm. so it's... it's uh, it's it's interesting. I I can't hardly do do the history justice, but uh, yeah. it is just a it's a world of its own. 
Well, I like that you um, honor the history by the naming of your business. I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. It it, it it's a big part of of just the overall mission, what we're trying to do to get people more connected with nature, to appreciate the great natural heritage we have here. It's so rich. Even out here in the in the rural Monroe County, it's it's dissipating even as the roadsides get herbicided and you know, so many great natural areas that are becoming uh, compromised. So, you know, our effort is to try to save species, save areas, save systems, natural systems that um, have evolved here for millennia and and, uh, are such an important part of the food cycles, the the yearly cycles. So that's just part of our mission is to hold on and to try to encourage the natural world and uh, all of the interactions something we'll we'll just I don't think ever grow ever grow tired of you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast thank you so much for tuning in here today my guest today is Avi Askey owner of Overhill Gardens in Monroe County Tennessee a native plant nursery and designers of eco-friendly landscapes and hardscapes or I've also put the link on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com, or always details at their website, overhillgardens.com. And again, I think it's important to let you know that they don't advertise with us, but what their work is about is directly the kind of information I want to try to connect listeners to. And up next, I've got a really fun story from food historian Fred Sossman from Johnson City that includes the voice of Janet Carter, daughter of A.P. Carter, who was an American musician founding member of the Carter family, one of the most notable acts of the history of country music. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. Jeanette Carter was the last surviving child of country music icons A.P. and Sarah Carter. Jeanette's parents taught her to sing and play the music of the Southwest Virginia mountains, and they also imparted some cooking lessons. Sarah made sure that the family recipe for chow chow would live on through her daughter. When she'd make chow chow, she'd put cabbage and green tomatoes. You always put green tomatoes and green tomatoes and cabbage and green peppers, maybe a hot pepper if you want it hot, and and onions. Chow Chow is a garden clearing relish in the Appalachian Mountains. It's most commonly used as a topping for soup beans. It takes a while. Honey, if you cut as much stuff as I'll cut, well, you know what you're doing. There are all kinds of chow-chow recipes in Appalachia. The Carter families makes heavy use of brown sugar. I'll get my spices and my vinegar and my sugar, then we'll put it in a pot. Turmeric, two tablespoons of hit, and a tablespoon of celery seeds, and three tablespoons of salt, three pounds of brown sugar, scantily, and a half a gallon of vinegar. Several years before her death in 2006, Jeanette gave me the precious recipe for the 12-ingredient chow-chow that her family has been making for at least three generations. Will you miss me 
With assistance from WCYB Television in Bristol, Virginia, I'm Fred Sausman. This is Rick Riddle, uh, the winery at Seven Springs Farm, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.